0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... To Wild and Crazy Guys! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan
1: for the win. To consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHG, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Fluce? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now,
0: here they are the Adams, Hogan Johns.
1: What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns, officially into
2: season number eight of this podcast, doing these preview episodes. Season one of Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles. Season eight for us. Here come the 49ers. Our third head coach on the pod.
1: And that's with the fact that we started with John Fox's first season. Second GM. Second GM. We just started a, one or one year earlier that we could add a coach. But in
2: officially, this is our in terms of covering the team: five head coaches, three GMs, and more offensive coordinators than I can count.
1: Right, and I believe the count on running backs coaches is fifty-seven. <laughs> That's a running joke here. Yeah, because <laughs> for some reason the running backs coach always changes regardless. Uh, anyway, welcome in. We are thrilled to be here thank you so much for everybody that has been sticking with us throughout all of these seasons and those of you that are new as well the growth of youtube in the last year and a half or so has been awesome so we know we have a lot of newcomers appreciate everybody who consumes the show that way um and still the it, old way yes absolutely with the pot same thing we've been saying for eight years now if you're listening to the podcast please rate and review Please tell a friend about it. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Hit that like button, the notification, so you know when these shows are popping up. If you are new, if you've joined us you know, sometime in the last eight months or so, this may be your first weekly preview episode that we do. Um, so typically what we'll do is on Tuesdays, we will check in with a reporter from the opposing team. Uh, because we did that special national episode on this Tuesday. We don't have a 49ers guest for you uh, today, but that'll all start next week as the Bears get ready for the 49ers in week two. You mean the Packers? That's right. I had that thing happen here where you guys probably didn't hear, but I just had a phone call pop up. Like, why does that always happen? I swear every time I start a show or podcast, like the spammers know when
2: my shows are starting
1: and they just call me.
2: Or anytime like you're doing a radio hit on your phone. Oh, yeah. That always happens. Every time. Every time. I'm not exaggerating about that either. Like Even a general phone call to like your mother. Spammer calls you on the other line. Happens all the time. Weird. Bad. Yeah. Um, it is. So, anyway, uh, that's why I accidentally said the
1: 49ers Packers. We will sure. be... We'll get in our normal routine next week. But the way this works today is... We go through some of the news we've heard over the last 24, 48 hours since our last show. Three big questions on this matchup. Then we get into our predictions. And then we always end it with uh, bouncing around the league a little bit. The big games of the week. We make our picks. You know, back in the day, I was able to um, coerce Johns into picking some college football games, too. But we've <laughs> retired that. COVID did that. Got rid of that somehow.
2: And then we have high school football talk at the end of the podcast.
1: Yeah, we can sneak some of that in, too.
2: <laughs> Who do the Dons have this week? Well, Mount save it Carmel.
1: Number one Mount Carmel.
2: Oh, the team everyone thinks I coach for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would be former Bears running back slash quarterback Jordan Lynch, who's in charge of that team.
1: Yes. A lot of former Bears players coaching high school football.
2: Jordan Lynch counts.
1: It Wasn't Jordan Lynch part of that 2014 team, too? Was I that recall
2: 13, covering a training camp where the quarterback rotations were, I believe it was Jake Cutler, Josh McCown, and then Jordan Lynch before he was moved to running back.
1: Okay, so I only remember him at running back. They originally had him at quarterback? I,
2: I want to say he was doing some quarterback stuff initially. Interesting and then they moved him to running back.
1: Well, I remember covering like his pro day and the scouts wanted to see him play safety.
2: Which is a tough ask for a guy that only played quarterback his entire life. Although he was I think he played some two-way at Mount Carmel previously. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Well, he is a bear and I remember the Jordan Lynch hype well. All right. Well, plenty to get to, plenty of news. There's a lot happening. This week, I I did not find myself. Um, we're finally in the game week. We're like, okay, this is a game I've been looking forward to for a long time. This is a matchup I think is a sneaky fun matchup this week too. Just across the NFL, and here I am writing about the stadium and grass in my newsletter this week. Kind of connected, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is all connected, absolutely. So tonight. I have to say, you know, shout out to the Bears. Everybody's excited about football being back. Bills, Rams tonight. Let's have a community meeting in Arlington Heights.
2: (laughs) Come on, man. Are you going? I'm going. I'm not going. I'm going to watch Josh Allen and Matt (laughs) Stafford.
1: Good for you, man. Good for you. Well, see, you know, the, the, the only person I know in my life personally... Like I know there's people out there that don't want the Bears to leave Soldier Field. The only person I know that is totally against it, the Bears leaving for Arlington Heights is Mark Carmen.
2: I saw that on your show. That's because he lives in the city. What well, so so I think he might actually be there tonight protesting. With the sign? Yeah. Not
1: really, but it would be a funny bit if he did it.
2: Well, because I guess exactly we
1: should do it. Could you picture him being like the
2: only person outside the thing with like a sign? What would be on his sign? Let's make Mark Carmen sign for him. Well, he said
1: something yesterday in our we had this like post show video and he was like we were coming up with ideas and he just goes Arlington Heights is for families, not football. <laughs> so then our our social media team like made that into a sign and him holding it up. There's Arlington Heights a- is for families.
2: Carb, there's been like an international <laughs> horse racing track there for <laughs> <laughs> decades. Right, it's for gambling and drinking yes it's been there forever shout out to mr d's sports bar doesn't Dicka have a restaurant still there probably closed by now
1: yeah i don't know about that i think the only Dicka's like is out still in oakbrook oakbrook
2: yeah well arlington's been closed for a bit so
1: yeah what what's your reaction um by the way good for you that you're just gonna be watching football
2: tonight i'm extremely jealous um what do you think about this whole thing? Well, I think they need to get some fan support, some taxpayer support, because if you read that statement closely, they'll try to take care of the stadium. They need help yeah. with that, by the way. But everything else in terms of that property, it seems like they're open-minded, but they need help to pay for everything else that would go into the entertainment district. They need other investors. They need other companies involved. Like a commercial loan won't get this done, so they need this. They need to get some form of fan support, some taxpayer support to get this full entertainment district thing accomplished.
1: Yeah, and I understand the pushback to that right away. Um, I I think that'll be a big part of this community meeting tonight. Is probably them explaining why they need that. The their argument is probably going to be the economic value that they're bringing to the area, um, the boost that. It's, and, and, and it undoubtedly will do that. Think about the idea that if this all if this all gets done, and let's say that Arlington Heights, of all places, is hosting a Super Bowl by 2029 or something. Like, that's
2: going to be huge. But there's some infrastructure things you have to change. Like, my first reaction to looking at that rendering, you need more access points for those parking lots in the back off the highway there. Yes. Do you not? Yes. Um...
1: I've, and I've actually had some talks with some uh, local politicians that I just happen to know personally. There, there, There's a sticking point. You notice how 53, going north, Highway 53 goes right past that area. You can still see Arlington Racetrack there because they haven't knocked it down yet. It dead ends at Lake Cook Road. There's a reason why it dead ends at Lake Cook Road because that's where the county ends. And it splits off um onto Lake Cook Cook Road in two different directions and then you kind of have to go up 12 if you want to keep going north into Lake County um or up Arlington Heights Road depending on where you're going um that my understanding is like the that land in Lake County has sort of been bought up over the years to extend 53 but it hasn't actually been done And that might be something like as as just one example of something that needs to be done to get this whole thing. Because you got to think about the traffic flow. 53 already backs up where it it hits uh, 90. Now, that's a state project. Yeah. So you need some government support. Right. I mean, it's a big deal. But when they're saying that this is going to be like one of the biggest developments in this Illinois state history, they're not lying about that. That's where you can get some support, I think, from the state. You, you throw the idea of a Super Bowl and everything that's going to bring not only the Arlington Heights area, but the whole
2: community, the state. Final Fours, more concerts in that area. If there's one thing I've learned about entertainment districts, they can work. There's one over here in Rosemont, yeah. real busy, real busy all the time. We've gone to Patriot Place. That place is packed And, and it's like, in the middle of nowhere Yes yes, <laughs> and, and it's not only like During like game days We were out there for training camp Remember that? Yeah The shopping center like during the day mm-hmm. And again you have to travel there But in terms of lunch and restaurants And hotels and business and conventions Really really busy Yeah, Glendale Always busy so it's I, Glendale, Arizona, everybody.
1: I think there's going to be an argument there. The Bears can probably pull off to get some taxpayer support for the entertainment district that's going to be sort of a constant. Because like Rosemont, that's a constant churning of people there every night. The businesses are open. um, And as long as they're saying, hey, yeah, we'll handle the stadium. I still don't know how they're going to do that, but... I think that that's something that can be eventually worked out. But there are a lot of moving pieces here. We'll find out more tonight at this community meeting. Um, I'm a little excited for just not as excited as I am for an actual football game between the Rams and the Bills. I'll text you updates. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, because there's no other way for me to get updates from this game
2: than you texting me. You need my analysis. Because we're apparently in 2001. And I'll just send you like... Very vague, like commentary, like great pass, (laughs) great or did you see that?
1: (laughs) That would be awesome. What a jerk! (laughs) Apparently, I can stream it on NFL Plus now, so I might just have my phone going there in the meeting with the game on. My prediction is that will not work.
0: That You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.
1: That's the lock of the week right
2: there. Yes. Is that NFL Plus will not work. The, the streaming service that once started as Game Pass has consistently gotten worse year after year as they try to update it. I still don't think the All-22 is on there. Oh, my goodness. It's All-9. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, Time to talk about grass? Yeah, I was going to
1: say. How about the grass? Bermuda grass, I, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you this right now. I I have never felt more confident in my life that Soldier Field is going to have a nice playing surface on Sunday for this game. Because I've had the benefit of going down to bowl games down in Florida where the game's being played on Bermuda grass, and it is cut so short, Johns, It's and it's a fast track, and it is, it's great. I don't think there's... I, I don't think there's any... There's not going to be any problem with it this week. Even I know people are concerned that it just got laid down Monday. They've done that before, even with the crappy old grass that they've had. they've done that every every season. And this grass is specifically cut in a way where it should be... It doesn't need time to just sit there. It'll be fine. I, I think the bigger question is, how does this hold up later in the year? Because we're talking about a southern grass up here in Chicago. But... Heck, if this stuff has been on, it was on Kansas City field, Arrowhead Stadium last year, the whole year, all the way into January into the playoffs where they're playing playoff games. Matt Iberflu's had this stuff in Indy on their practice fields. Indianapolis gets cold in the winter. I, I'm optimistic about this actually working. What I'm not optimistic about is they've changed sides before. It's still the Soldier Field people taking care of it. They're still gonna have all the soldier field conflicts and all this stuff that there's always stuff going on there. So just because it worked at Arrowhead doesn't mean it's gonna work at Soldier Field, I guess is my point on that. I'm I'm confident in the sod. I'm not confident in it
2: that sod being inside Soldier Field. Right. It sounds like the park district, <clears throat> excuse me, is finally like working with the Bears on this. Cause my initial reaction is like, okay, like, why haven't we done this earlier? If this amazing grass has been around for a few years, why wasn't it here last year? I get it, maybe the organization got more involved. Whether it's Ryan Poles or, or Matt Eberflus, which is a, a great thing. And it's great that the city's working with the Bears on this, but you and I have covered this team long enough to know that. Sometimes this new side gets down, but then you'll see like divots and it coming off up in places. Like we've we've covered this, we've seen this. The turf monster. That is the turf monster. Yeah. We've seen a turf monster come about because it wasn't laid correctly or needs more water or they should have done this three days earlier than than instead of just a week. We've covered this before. I know it's different grass, but I still think that turf monster exists in that field underneath that new Bermuda grass. He's still under there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah scared of monsters He's gonna have
1: a couple tackles as <laughs> always on Sunday probably our <laughs> producer at CHGL Lawrence did this amazing checkered board image yesterday where he took like he zoomed in on you saw in the preseason all these shots of like Justin Fields cleats digging up like a four-inch divot in the grass and just sand flying everywhere. Yes. And he put it all together into like 20 images all next to each other. Like just zoomed in on the clumps coming out. Speaking of horse racing, when they run on the turf, like that's what it looked like. Looked like yeah. That's what it looked like. Hilarious. Um, I, I, will, I think this week it's going to be good. I'm curious so. to see how it holds up.
2: And I, I still, like, I, I still predict one turf monster tackle. Okay. One and a half. That's the over under. Okay. Do we have over unders ready to go for today? No, I forgot about it, I think. Well,
1: there's our first one. I'll come up with some quick I'm going to throw start it talk, in. Start
2: talking about stuff. Over
1: under turf monster tackles. I'm putting it in there. You set it at one and a half. Boom. Um, From a a dead serious football standpoint, though, it's refreshing to have a head coach that wants to play fast. Like, st- stop living in the past with this idea that we're going to slow down the opposing team. You know, with
2: our old school football, well, and, and the defense can still do that with cover two, But he still wants his guys moving fast. Within, well, that's what I'm saying. Two, like, yes.
1: you have. I, This is 2022. Every single... I said this on the score yesterday. Every single football player we see in the locker room is built like an Avenger now. Okay? They're all jacked out of their minds. And the linemen who aren't can still move like Captain America. Okay? This this, this isn't the days where, you know, Ed Obradovich is smoking a cigarette in the locker room at halftime. Okay? Apologies to OB if he wasn't actually the ones doing that. But we know that there were actually... There was a time where that was a thing. Okay? This isn't... This isn't 50 years ago or even 30 years ago anymore. We need to grow up. (laughs) Like, this is a fast, violent sport. You need to be able to play fast. You can't have a a plane surface where you're afraid that an actual
2: monster is going to come out of the ground and grab you. Turf monster. Long, fast athletes. How many times have you heard Matty Rufaloos use those words in various orders? That's what he wants. Yeah, he said that yesterday. Fast, Speed, athleticism, and length. Yes. Yes. He's talked at length about that multiple times. It goes all the way back to his introductory press conference, NFL combine, owners' meetings, and again, when we're talking about grass. All right. Well, let's enjoy it this week.
1: But well, we do have a 1.5 over under on Turf Monster Tackle still. Over. Okay. Um, Last thing I did before I went to bed last night was read your awesome Ryan Poles story that I know you've been working on for a while. Um Thanks, Probably the best inside glimpse at who Ryan Poles really is. Some great stuff on where he came from in upstate New York, playing. I love the stuff on his Boston College days because you kind of forget that he was there when Boston College was actually a thing. For a minute there, with Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's remember, one of his best friends. I remember there being like a college game day there. You know, that was, BC was big, um, and Ryan Poles was one of those offensive linemen. I don't know if I just forgot or did not know that he tore his Achilles in the middle of his senior season against Notre Dame. That was a that was a nugget. That was that was some good stuff. And then. Um, some really important stuff about mental health. Really a good story, Johns. People Thank should you. check it out on The Athletic,
2: theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Just a couple little takeaways for myself. I, I think the, por- the part about mental health uh, is, is very important. Him and his wife, Katie, want to create a awareness for mental health. His wife, Katie, uh, battled postpartum depression following the birth of their son, Mason, nine years ago. And so you see his emphasis on mental health come to fruition as the, the Bears GM, yeah, McH- hiring uh, Mike Wiley as their, I'm forgetting his title exactly, but he replaced Lamar Soup Campbell. He has expertise with mental health services. He wants to provide his team with those resources, daily resources for players to get things off their chest, to have somebody to talk things through with, to have somebody give advice to—it's part of his philosophy. Um, and then, like I, I like the the football side of things, just telling the story of him learning, going from Scott Pioli to John Dorsey to Brett Veach, to even having a friendship with Chris Ballard—all those strong influences on his scouting career. How he's learned from each one of them, and he still brings that. To the table today is the Bears GM. I like the little nugget
1: you had in there, and I don't want to ruin the whole story. People should read it. But just that at first with Dorsey, it didn't really click. he didn't, And he went into Chris Ballard's office and was like, hey, I don't know if I should be here with him. And then Chris Ballard encouraged him to give it time and try to learn some things from it. And it ended up being kind of a defining uh, moment of his upbringing
2: as a scout in the NFL. Yes. Yes. Mike Wiley's title, director of player development and mental skills. I wanted to make sure I get that right. I I think that
1: um, take you inside the job a little bit. You know, when we do interviews like this, there's obviously the stuff that you end up hearing either whether it's our interview last week with Ryan Poles or reading in the story, but when we're in that room and interacting with these people, like you, kind of get a a vibe from guys right and um, I know early on with Ryan Poles it's been you know you've heard, I've heard some things like that he's sometimes hard to read and he's um, he, we've seen it in press conferences I, we've talked about it on this show about how he doesn't smile a whole lot but then Matty Refuse's name came up last week and he's got a huge smile on his face you know so certain things will trigger that but I don't know. There's something about him. I don't know if you felt this in doing this story with him, but I know I did just, and I think a lot of our listeners came away from our interview with him last week too, just feeling like a sense of confidence in the guy that he, he hasn't done everything perfect. And I, but what's cool is he's admitted that like his admission last week that his communication with Tevin Jenkins could have been better. I think that went a long way. Because that seemed to be the case as we were talking about that story all last month. But to hear the GM actually admit that, you know, it, that's encouraging. And, you know, like there was the thing with when he I, – I now understand why he wanted to make this move to hire Mike Wiley Jr. And let Soup Campbell go. He wanted to go in that different direction. But the timing of it still Doesn't feel right. So I wonder if that's another thing that maybe he'd be like, yeah, maybe could have handled that better. But regardless, he's learning on the job and he still is kind of carrying this to me, this confidence that like, yeah, I'm not going to get everything right. So as long as he's willing to admit that and, you know, go through the growing pains on the job, there's still a, a, a ton of other evidence and just the way he carries himself too, I think. That gives you confidence that
2: things are headed in the right direction with this team. It it permeates that that confidence. Yeah. Like, like it it, it spreads, and I was struck by, you know, we got this hits philosophy with Eddie Berflus, but that's rooted in Ryan Poles' core beliefs about football, too, and, like, how it should be played, and that dates back to his first training camp, his only training camp experience with the Chicago Bears. Like, that's the lead of my story. He is in training camp with Brian Urlacher, Olenkreutz, Lance Briggs, Patrick Manley, Charles Tillman, all of those players. Devin Hester is trying to make this team, but he remembered how they practiced, how hard they practiced, how they rallied to the ball, how any ball on the ground they were picking it up and running it to the end zone, the speed of it, that resonated with him. And that's why Matt Eberflus resonated with him when they got to know each other Later in their careers, that style football, like he remembered it when he was with the Bears. He knows it can work. So that goes back to his plan, his vision, just very focused on what that is. Like he hasn't wavered from it. Like I think that stands out to me is that like he knows what he wants. He has a plan to get it and he's executing that plan and it may take time. But you see bits and pieces of bits bits and pieces of it come to fruition, whether it's the Getty offense or whether it's drafting Jaquan Brisker or Kyler Gordon. I mean that that was a great connection that was
1: made in that story, John. It's just like we knew he was in training camp that year when he came out. I don't think we knew how much that that training camp resonated with him, and to make that connection now to why. They're going about it this way all these years later as he's trying to fix the Bears now, as he's in charge of the Bears when he had just been in Kansas. Because I think the fear when he was hired was like, well, wait a minute, man. This whole Kansas City thing just didn't work. Just tried that. So is this guy going to come in here and keep trying to do that? No, he actually just spends all that time in Kansas City, all that winning Super Bowl, and he's coming here and saying, no, this is the way we need to do it. Going back to. You know stuff that was done here a long time ago, yeah. but was proven that it could work. And I'm sure he's still going to try to bring those elements of having those playmakers on offense eventually.
2: Maybe by this time next year we're talking about more of them. But, And I think what separates him and Ryan Pace, I know we're moving on here in a second, but Ryan Pace's entire rise in the NFL came under Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. Ryan Poles has a different story, like surviving those different regime changes, learning new philosophies like you mentioned earlier, not getting along with John Dorsey after learning from Scott Pioli, and then getting a promotion under Brett Veach, different mindsets, different ways of doing things. He even mentioned like different hobbies and different personality quirks. He's learned from all those guys, like going from Romeo Cornell to Andy Reid. Things to learn from. Not only the, like the success, but the failures. Yeah. There's a lot of failure in Kansas City, and he experienced it all before they got to the point of winning the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. All right, well, uh, if you haven't checked
1: it out, make sure you do on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can still get a subscription and a great deal to sign up if you're not already signed up to read that story.
0: Uh, make sure you check it out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: All right, we should jump into this game. And there's news: uh, George Kittle popping up on the depth chart yesterday. Or the depth chart. He's uh, he's on the depth chart. He's been on the depth chart for a while. He's on the injury report. Did not practice yesterday. I, this is uh, sort of a. It was a surprising development. Something apparently happened Monday. Is it ha- hamstring?
2: Keep talking. I'll, I'll figure that out for you. Real yeah, quick. I forget.
1: It, uh, there's a. Bears player with a hamstring, too. So I might. That's
2: Bayless Jones Jr. No, yeah. yes, Bayless Jones Jr. has it. So anyway, Kittle pops up on the
1: depth chart, didn't practice yesterday. Now, here's a guy who he's played through injury before. He's come back from injury faster than he should have, things like that. So I don't know that him just not practicing Wednesday tells us anything. We're recording this Thursday morning. So, you know, if he's still not practicing later today, Either way, like this that's is a, a, yeah, it's a it's a thing that's. I mean, if you're the Bears, you're going okay, sure, yeah, you don't want to have George Kittle out there We're,
2: yeah. we're not yep. going to object to that. One of the best tight ends in the game. Um, groin injury for Ooh, that George could be Kittle. tricky. Yes, yes, they can. Usually, teams don't want to mess around with such injuries, especially it's week one. Yeah, it's the eighth of September, and they have high hopes for their season. One of the best defenses in the league. So why would they rush it back? It's definitely becoming something to watch. When a star player has an injury, always something to watch. And George Kittle, like I just said, is one of the best tight ends in the game. All right. On the Bears side, the big question seems to be around Lucas Patrick.
1: Comes back to practice this week. Wasn't on the depth chart. or uh, Why do I keep saying that? The injury report yesterday, which means just in practice so people understand, that means you participated in all the snaps. You are not limited at all. The question is, where did he participate in those snaps? Because he can play guard, but maybe not
2: center this week, depending on if he can snap the ball. So the – let's see. How should I phrase this? When he's talking to us in the locker room prior to practice, I believe it was Alex Shapiro from NBC Sports goes, have you tried snapping? With your, the, you could see the cast in his hand. We're, we're steps away from him. Like his, his right hand. So is it still a cast or like a splint? It looked like a cast to me. Oh. Looked like a cast to me. Hard. Yes. Solid. Not something removable. I'll see what he has on his hand today. But Alex was like, Have you tried snapping? And his reaction was, That's a good question. And he went like this. So the answer was no, he is not. In the portion of practice that we observed as media, no, he was not taking any snaps. Sam Mustafer was doing all the snaps. So we'll see. I I common sense says he hasn't snapped yet and won't snap for a while until that hand is hundred percent.
1: Okay, so then if that's the case,
2: are you playing him this week? Is he I, I, I think your decision is is Lucas Patrick with his experience, but also A lot of time off. Is he your better option at right guard over Tevin Jenkins, who has practiced there for three weeks now, but is still learning that position? Like, Who is your better option against one of the best defenses in the league in San Francisco? But it's also Lucas Patrick with a cast on his hand, and your hand placement matters. He's played with it before. He's got experience doing that, I should say, from Green Bay, but... Again, it it goes to the point of what's your risk and reward here? So this is where our
1: interview with Ryan Poles last week stands out to me. The things he said about Tevin Jenkins. Hey, I've been wrong before, but it just... Not keeping that momentum going after everything they, they just went through with Tevin and not playing him. Sitting him down for Lucas Patrick, who hadn't taken a snap at guard the entire off season, it doesn't that doesn't
2: add up to me. I think what I would do is I would have Lucas Patrick active and have him back up Tevin Jenkins, just in That's case something happens. To. Just in case maybe Sam Musfer struggles. Maybe he gets banged up. He got to move White Whitehair to center. Have Lucas Patrick be active just as a, a more than capable reserve as he takes time to get his thumb right.
1: And that that would – I'm not advocating for this because I think we've decided that Cody Whitehair needs to stop moving positions. But I would almost say if you're intent on starting Patrick, I would almost move Cody to center and then put Patrick at left guard before I would mess with what's going on with Tevin Jenkins at this point. you got to take advantage of this window with Tevin where things are finally going well. He's finally feeling good. He has a sense of confidence. He's told us he feels at home, at guard, and he's still a highly regarded prospect. You can't mess with that right now.
2: That would well, we be a mistake. Momentum, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. That would be a mistake. So I'm with you. I would probably have Patrick active, to back up the guard spots if necessary, because um, he's probably your best option there right now. Otherwise, you're looking at your your backups being uh, Jatire Carter, right on the inside. Yeah, yep. He's he's a late round draft pick who
2: clearly they like, but he doesn't have any experience. He needs time. So that also, instead, like, sorry, like to go back to everything the Bears have always said at least this regime, in terms of finding chemistry, guys that work well together, having your best five out there. This five, this starting five, Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Sam Musk for Tevin Jenkins, Larry Boreham, has played together for weeks now. There's something to that. I think Lucas Patrick, for as much as he wants to play, knows that. can accept that as he frustratingly gets back into game shape and protects that right thumb so he could have a long year where he doesn't re-aggravate it, where a chop or a, a rip move doesn't damage that further. Yeah, I, I,
1: it is an interesting situation. All right, meanwhile, Valus Jones Jr., man, this guy. Is this the same injury? Is this a new injury? What's it sounds going on?
2: like the same injury. So he's a DNP. But I still think you have your other top three receivers there. It's, it's, it's bad because he's, he's been out for a while. He's a draft pick. You want to get him reps. He's missed a lot of time in training camp. But you still got Mooney, St. Brown, and Pringle as your top three receivers.
1: Yeah, I think where, where you're, you're scrambling a little bit, not necessarily scrambling, but then have to adjust, is actually more so on special teams and in the
2: return game. Right. So So you put Dante Pettis as your punt returner, and you put Treston Ebner, the rookie running back, as your kick returner
1: instead of Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just too bad because Valus Jones did show a little bit of a knack for that in that one preseason game that he he played in. That's why you drafted him to, to be dangerous as a punt returner. But. Probably got to get that hamstring right, so I don't know if we're going to see the rookie this week. Um, and it might mean Amir Smith-Marset, who just joined the team last week, needs to be active. I forgot about him. Unless you're only going to roll with four wide receivers for this game. Which I you might be able to pull off in this offense, but, and you're probably going to run a lot more tight ends, use those fullbacks. So... Based on the options the Bears have at wide receiver, I don't think they're going to be a very heavy wide receiver team. Might be lower on the list. A lot of of tight ends. 11 personnel this season. All right. Should we get to our three big questions?
2: Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Number one. How well will Roquan Smith play in his debut in Matt Eberflus' defense? Oh, he'll lead the team in tackles. There's a um a prop bet out
1: there. Roquan Smith is actually the favorite in the entire league right now to lead the NFL in tackles this season. That would be good for him. So,
2: agent Roquan Smith. Yeah, loves that projection. Agent Agent Roquan will be cheering up,
1: that on. He's got a lot to play for. He's going to be a highly motivated player.
2: Yeah. He was named a team captain yesterday. What did you think about the captain? I'm not surprised by that. No, oh, me neither. I don't know why some people were shocked. I get some of the animosity that you may think is there because he had that statement, made his trade demand, called out the McCaskies, had some harsh words for how things went down afterwards. But it was a team vote. It was a team vote. The players don't give a shit about that. No, they don't. Sometimes they usually rally around that player. Yeah. And he's been in meetings. If you talk to like a Jack Sanborn, what what I call him? Jane Sanborn? Jack Sanborn? You put some respect on Jack Sanborn's name now. From Lake Zurich. If you talk to like Jack Sanborn, like Roquan Smith has been extremely helpful. So you can understand why his teammates voted for him. Like he's been around. Not like he's avoiding the team. This was a hold in. Like he's there in meetings. He's there hanging out with the guys. They know how good he is. Wasn't surprising at all to me. Uh, Double-digit tackles, at least one TFL,
1: and involved in at least one takeaway. Ooh. Which is kind of a weird way to phrase that, but maybe punching the ball out, maybe recovering the
2: ball, maybe tipping a pass All that right, gets intercepted. intercepted. That's my prediction. Tip pass Okay, to one of the safeties. There we go. Roquan what, Smith. Question number two. At the end of the day... Who has better numbers, Trey Lance or Justin Fields? I'm going to go Fields. I'm going to go Fields. I, I think I have watched
1: every snap that these two have taken in the preseason. I don't think there's any question that Fields is ahead of Lance right now. And I don't think it's quite to the same level as the Aaron Rodgers-Jordan-Love dynamic that we ha- have has been well-documented on this podcast over the last couple of years. But we always said they must not think Jordan Love is good because of how they have, you know, kept throwing money in Aaron Rodgers and kept around. This is not that same situation, but there is a little bit of that vibe when all of a sudden they bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. Like, is there at least a, well, wait a minute here. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. I understand that. Yeah.
1: You know, with Lance, it's. And now he's going to be looking over his shoulder a little bit. And regardless, this is still a player. And I'm high on Lance still, by the way. I'm not sitting here saying Jordan Love sucks like I did on this show. I like Lance. But he has not really played football in three years. Not a lot of it. He played one game two years ago at North Dakota State with the COVID year. And then last year, he got in here and there, but really did not get a whole lot of reps. So... And I think that on the Bears side, they are going to be very deliberate in how and when they ask Justin Fields to actually make plays in this game. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think they're going to use all the tools that they possibly can with moving the pocket, getting him out and rollouts, play action, which I think that they've been limited in what they've run so far uh, in the preseason. They're going to put Justin Fields in a good spot to avoid the pass rush. And he's still going to get hit in this game. He's probably still going to get sacked a few times. But I think at the end of the day, Fields will have the better numbers.
2: I agree. I agree. I think last year's playing experiences, even though it came in a different offense, even though it came under Matt Nagy's influence, like you still can't replace experience. And those experiences, including against the 49ers... Read that crazy scramble touchdown. They're going to show up in week one. I like the confidence that Fields showed yesterday. There there seems to be a, like a let's go edge to it. Like enough with the talk. Enough of the, the conversation about the 49ers passing on me. Let's play. At least that's the, the vibe I got from him yesterday when he spoke to the media. I think he's ready to play. Question three. On a scale of one to ten, 10 being good, how will Bears fans feel about the direction of their favorite team after week one? Uh, seven. I like it. Yeah. I was going to say six and a half, maybe eight at at best. I just like this matchup against Trey Lance for, for week one. It seems to like there's an extra energy. Like, You'll, I mean, you might feel differently about things in week two. Primetime, Aaron Rodgers, you know how that goes. We cover it. That doesn't matter who's coaching or who's playing. We know how that thing plays out. But against the 49ers, them traveling all the way to the, the, to the central time zone, noon game, questions about Trey Lance, injuries to important players, I think things could play out in the Bears' favor on this one.
1: I think that there's going to be very few Mondays this year where or even post-game pods that we do where we're sitting there going, what the hell are they doing? Like, I, I think there's going to be moral victories. I'm just going to say that there's going to be moral victories this season. There's going to be games where they lose and we're sitting there going, well, that was
2: still a good sign. That was yeah. still good. I would be shocked if they looked incompetent.
1: That's a good way to put Strong it. Strong
2: word, right? Like, if things just look a mess. Matt Amy is going to make mistakes. He will. Justin Fields is going to throw interceptions. He will. But I think in general, just the, the sense I get from looking at the way they operated in this training camp, the way they looked in, in this preseason, they're organized, they're functional, and they're competent. I'm hanging my hat on those words. I'd be surprised if they looked incompetent against the 49ers in week one. I like that. I like that. All right, quickly three over unders. Yep. For you. Turf Monster Tackles, one and a half. You already took the over. I'm going to take the under. Let's go, Bermuda. <laughs> okay. Nick Bosa sacks on fields, one and a half. Under. He gets one. He push. will get one. I think they're going to scheme the hell away from
1: him most of this game and just not, and really limit his opportunities. Like those Khalil Mack games that we cover, where they're just like triple teaming them, chipping them, taking them out, where like the game's over and you realize he really only had five real pass rushes where he could
2: realistically even get there. I think that this is this game on Nick Bosa. Now, that would be a competent game plan as opposed to three step dropbacks with five man (laughs) protections against two of the best pass rushers in the game in Cleveland, right?
0: That's not cliche talk. That's real talk.
2: I'm going to say maybe, I don't know, maybe one and a half. Maybe he pushes it. All right. Carries by Bears running backs. Combined carries, 23 and a half. Over. Yeah, I think it's around 25, 26. Yeah,
1: I'm going over. I like that you say combined because I do think I think that there's going to be maybe all three running backs. Maybe a, maybe a fullback dive. Can we do another over-under? How about a, set that at a half? Is a there half? a fullback dive? If there's a fullback dive, I will run around... Someone's calling me again. What are we doing here?
2: Spam. I'm calling me. How Come about on. this? Um, Touches for Kari Blazy game. Two touches. I'll go under on that.
1: I think that maybe it's two. Well, I think he has that uh,
2: that play action where he releases at least two of those to the flat. Wow. Why don't you just give the 49ers the whole play? The whole game plan. plan. There you go. <laughs> it's one of their own plays. Uh, All right, what else? Bold predictions time, buddy. Picks time. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. All right. Um, You want me to take this over? Fox, noon, 49ers at Bears. Bears oh, right. getting Again. seven. It's
1: rusty. It's week one. Bold predictions. That's what I was looking for. Bold predictions. Bears, three- takeaways whoa okay so i don't think that they've said this out loud but i think it was i was watching that 1920 football drive thing the bears do and i think it was halftime of the game they were showing the first preseason game and irifu said we have to get three takeaways in the second half and i don't think they had any in the first half so i feel like that's our goal let's get three takeaways a game three so, my, my bold prediction is they reach that goal. Okay. Okay. If hey, quarterback, my... rallying to the ball,
2: constantly punching it, it's going to pay off here in week I'm going to go off your bold prediction and say that Kyler Gordon, well, he's going to have an interception, and he's going to have a role in the other takeaway. Just like you mentioned, maybe that tip pass from Roquant Smith goes to Kyler Gordon, who plays the slot a bit, but also – he plays a role in another. Okay. A punch or a recovery. Peanut punch.
1: I like it.
0: Buy me some peanuts and cracker jam. All
2: right. Predictions. Bears not only cover, they win outright. I'm experimenting with the score of 24. Let's go 24-20. 2420 bears. Wow.
1: All right. I've had this game circled as a possible win for pretty much the whole summer. But here's the problem. Now that we're actually here, I, I I need to see them do it before I can actually ride with them, if that makes sense. And I'm having, like, flashback feelings to 2018 where there's a new head coach. You can feel things turning. Um, and you had that element of surprise. And the Bears come out, and they really, like, punch the Packers hard in the first half. They catch them off guard with a bunch of stuff. They take a lead. And then Aaron Rodgers comes back.
2: And that, that happens next me. week.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But my point is, is like even in that game where like a lot of good things happened and you could kind of feel those good things, they couldn't pull it out in the end. So I need them to show it to me is what I'm saying. So I'm going to go with that same score from September 9th at Lambeau Field painful score where they lost 24 23 i'm gonna pick the 49ers to win 24 to 23 they're still a really good football team they're a well coached football team i think that they they can do enough to offset what i do think is a quarterback advantage for the bears and lance going through his growing pains um so i do think the bears play well i think this is a fun game uh unfortunately 24 23 Sets up for a Robbie Gold game-winning field goal situation <laughs> at Soldier Field. Mi-
2: minus the the strut and the taunt and the stare down of Jeff Rogers, the former special teams coordinator. How could we forget? How hilarious would it be, though, if he,
1: he kicks a game-winning field goal, he goes nuts, and then he still yells out, F the Packers. <laughs>
2: yes. That's coming up. Um. For me, I always revert to this. When, when when it looks close, I go with who I think is the better quarterback. Which is fair. In yeah. this, it's Justin Fields for me over Trey Lance. That may change by the end of the season, but in week one, given some things I just said, give me Fields over Lance for the opener.
1: All right, we got some other games to fly through. Those are our first predictions of the season. Let's get going.
2: You know, we're trying to expand his package. Has he struggled with expanding his package?
1: Hey, that voice you just heard, by the way, not Dow Loggins, the other one, is the new PA voice of the Indianapolis Colts.
2: That's not a full-time thing now, is it? Yes. Get J- out of here. <laughs> J.J. Stankovic,
1: <laughs> Our guy, J.J. I had no idea. That's awesome. He took over in the middle of a preseason game, and apparently the Colts were like, you're so good at this, you're just gonna do it the whole season. I'm not making this up.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Good for yeah, you, there's a JJ. there was an indie star story on the whole thing. Oh, this is, I feel bad for not even no, noti- noticing it or knowing this. No, I mean I don't know why you weren't you weren't at the games. It's not like it's well, on the radio. Oh well, well, PA. I, I saw his initial hit yeah. of it. I'll have to text him. That's awesome. Um
1: yeah so that's that's some news for you all right Thursday night that is tonight
2: NBC 720 while I'm in Arlington Heights bills at Rams this is going to be an amazing game I don't know why you would not watch it uh oh, I'll be home for the fourth <laughs> quarter I'll be home all right for the fine quarter. wait wait the Rams are two and a half point home underdogs that's true okay um the bills win I'm interested to see how the Rams kind of ride this out I, th- I think the early going will be a, bu- be a bit bumpy. There'll be some Super Bowl hangover to get over. The Bills are everybody's darling to, to get there. Give me the Bills on this one. Josh Allen being the star that he is by the end of the game over Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I, I get it. it. I should say I, cover it.
1: Yeah. I understand why. the The Bills are a really good team. They should still be ascending despite... You know, losing that game in the in the AFC Championship last year. Uh, well, that wasn't the AFC. That was the divisional round. That it feel it felt like the AFC Championship, the Bills and Chiefs. It probably should have been. And it's still the Super Bowl champions with Aaron
2: Donald. I know, I know. They're they're home underdogs. I I I. I, I it's the bulletin board material. Not, would not surprise. The- and
1: I think this line started at Rams minus one. It's moved. it. All the way to them being underdogs by two and a half. Look, it certainly would not surprise me if the Bills win and cover. But just using like general logic here, I have to roll with the Rams being the underdogs at home. Game points. points. That stadium should be rocking tonight too. It will be. So, um, okay. Uh, where where's our friend Patrick Finley?
2: I don't know. Fox. He's at Hershey High School with you. Is he going tonight? I think so.
1: We just put, like, a big monitor up with, like, the game on, too. Stream it. <laughs> you told me it wasn't going to work.
2: No, stream the... Oh, well, yeah, I wish yeah.
1: they were. i just sit at home and watch it. We're not going to be able to ask questions anyway, I don't think. I don't know. Fox, noon, Eagles, Lions. The Lions... Our four-point underdogs
2: at home against Philly. If you're new here, we always pick the NFC North games. Hence our Lions. Get used to hearing the saying, the Lions are the Lions. Everybody loves the Lions now, including you. Hard Knocks. Well, let me be clear. I like
1: Hard Knocks. I am not one of these guys that jump in on the Lions bandwagon because of
2: Hard Knocks. Thank you, because that happens every single year with the Hard Knocks team. Um, The Eagles are going to win this by 10. I like them this year. Yeah, I think this will be a close game.
1: It's probably a game I would stay away from. Um, Home dogs. But I think the Eagles are still a lot better than the Lions. I think the Lions are probably getting a little bit of uh bump here. Only being four-point dogs because of hard knocks, because of they suddenly becoming America's team. Can we not call them America's team? That's ridiculous. The Detroit Lions are not America's team. I love me some Dan Campbell. I'm still not convinced that he's going to lead the Lions to the promised land or even to Pride Rock. Give me the uh give me the Eagles here.
0: Okay. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there.
1: Fox noon Steelers the fighting Mitch Trubisky's
2: at the Bengals. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites.
1: Everybody loves the
2: Bengals. I only put this one in there because Mr. Trubisky's first start. Good. Like I love s- it. That is um that Ted Phillips soundbite is after the Trubisky Trubisky. Trubisky. The whole thing imploded. Um I'm gonna take the Steelers here. The Bengals win. Steelers cover. I think Mr. Trubisky plays well. Yesterday on
1: CHGO, I gave my favorite prop bet of the year. My favorite NFL bet of the year, which is the Steelers plus 310 to make the playoffs. Mike Tomlin's never had a record below 500. Everybody's like, oh, they lost Ben Roethlisberger. Have you watched Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> the last couple of years? It wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody, oh, Mitch Trubisky made the playoffs Twice. In four years with the Bears. People forget that. You get the extra seed. I realize he's in the AFC now. It's going to be tough. But you, those are the best odds you ever going to get on the Steelers, who seemingly are least in the playoff hunt every single year. Three ten, Give me that all day. Well-coached team. He's a captain of that team, Mitch. Is. I think the Steelers not only cover, they win this game. I think they win this game. Let's not forget that this is still the Steelers' division. Um, They're a well-coached football team. It's always the team that loses the Super Bowl that has the Super Bowl hangover people. That hangover starts... Colin, you telling me that? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I got the Steelers definitely covering six I, and a half. I,
0: I, I, In I'm fact... Not, you better lock it up. You wow. better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up.
2: Lock it up. Lock, lock, lock it up. Lock up the turf monster?
1: I just locked up Mitch Trubisky. That's a dangerous thing to do.
2: Wow. Wow. I, I think... Like, here's my bold prediction for the season. I I think Mitch has a good year, and I think he starts the duration of the season for the Steelers. That's a bold. Bold predictions. Bold as it gets.
1: I love it, though. I love it. All right. Next one.
2: We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, They were unavailable for comment. Micah, back.
1: still my favorite drop of all time, I think. All right. Packers, Vikings, another game I like. Fox, 325. This is the uh America's game of the week. Now featuring Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. They're in Minnesota for this game. Packers at Vikings. The Vikings are
2: one and a half point underdogs at home. Are you, I feel like in terms of like the one team that everybody just loves, and you know Mike Zimmer is out. You know here's Kevin O'Connell, this, this cool young guy. Like the Vikings are that team where everybody's like they're gonna be better than you know. I know. Like, like I don't get it.
0: I don't well, get it. At the end of the day, Kirk Cousins <laughs> still
2: just is still Kirk Cousins.
0: He's well, my you're guy. the Kirk
2: Cousins guy. I am. I am. I don't know how that happened, but like he's gonna have a decent year, but he's still Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. I
1: think it's the idea that. People feel like Mike Zimmer held that offense back. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I mean, there's a reason Kevin Stefanski got that job.
2: and He brought in Gary Kubiak, yeah. who has a system that is now like all over the NFL. Yeah. Maybe no, it's a like bad offensive lineman they kept taking, but I don't
0: know.
1: Yeah, and that's still kind of the question mark there is the offensive line. So this is the team this year that I – this happens every year with one team. So – I feel like I'm I'm on them in July. I'm like, yeah, the Vikings. This is all going to come together, and then but now we're here, week one, and everybody loves the Vikings. And I, mean, I did it it's yesterday.
2: It's like a red flag.
1: I like I, I one of my prop bets I put on the show yesterday is that I like the Vikings to win the NFC North. Part of that's because the Packers are due for some regression. Um, regardless, I like the Vikings to win this game. I think they will get that week one juice from having a new coach. Um, Regardless of how you feel about how much the offensive change is going to help or hurt them, they're going to have the element of surprise to throw at the Packers a little bit in the first half, certainly in this game before the Packers adjust. Now the Packers have a good defense without a doubt. Um, That might even end up being the strength of their team this year. Their special team should be better with Rich Basaccia there. There That was a disaster last season. But I still think there's going to be growing... As good, I look, nobody respects Aaron Rodgers more than me as a quarterback in this league. I just There's there's a reason why he was throwing almost every single pass to Devontae Adams last year. You can't just take Devontae out of there and say there's no effect. As good as Aaron Rodgers is. So, I like the Vikings at home. Should be rocking there tomorrow. And especially with them getting a point and a half. Give me the Vikings.
2: I'm taking the Packers.
1: All right.
2: Even if it's by a field goal.
0: Fair enough. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagy or Hog? Excuse me. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. CBS. <laughs> yeah. Hoag. 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 Hoagy. Hoagy. Hoag? Hoag. Hoag. Hoag.
1: CBS 325
2: Raiders at Chargers. Man, there's some Speaking good games. Speaking of Devontae Adams. Yes. A lot of good games in week one. The NFL never learns their lesson. Like, by week four, we'll be looking at these other games and be like, gosh. Just a brutal slate. Yeah, right? Can't you? Come on Spread now. Spread them out. Alright. Um,
1: so, here's the thing about this game, and I do like the Chargers. I've, you know the Raiders and the Chargers had that epic week 18 game last year? Right? Where the Chargers got 104th down conversions and we stayed up way too late in Minnesota, at least I did, when I had a 5 a.m. flight home, so, so everybody could get fired. I feel like people forget the Raiders won that game. Everybody loves the Chargers. The Raiders won that game. They now have Devontae Adams. I like Derek Carr this season. I think they got I, – I, I like that offense. I Give me the Raiders getting three points in this game because the Chargers – There's going to be more Raiders fans in this stadium than Chargers fans. There's no home field advantage here. A home field advantage is going to be for the Raiders, who are on the
2: road. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders are the team that I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Okay. The Vikings. Give me Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr. They're the team. They're the bandwagon team, and that division is going to be fire all season long. Right. It is going to be fun. Yes. Give me the Raiders in this one.
1: All right. Yeah. We're in agreement on that one.
2: What a waste of time training camp was, guys. Not this year. Nope. Not this year. NBC
1: 720 Sunday Night Football Bucks at Cowboys. This was the opener last year, wasn't it? Cowboys played well. They covered. I remember this one because I picked the Cowboys. Um... I think the Cowboys were like nine and a half point underdogs in Tampa to start the season, and they covered but lost. It was a really good game. This time, it's in Dallas. Tom Brady hasn't been around. Lots of stuff floating around about what's going on there and his family.
2: I think the Bucks take care of business and cover win. I had a buddy text me a couple of weeks ago or like a week ago and asked me what's wrong with Tom Brady, what's going on with Tom Brady. And my reply to him via text message is, what, you can't take three weeks off your job for for, for no reason and then return like nothing happened? <laughs> <laughs> just it is a weird thing. Yeah, very Even weird. for Tom Brady. Yes, yes. Um But you're right. It's the Buccaneers, still pretty loaded. Akeem Hicks is down there now. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers in this one.
1: Yeah, I just think I don't know the Cowboys. They they've like nobody to throw the ball to right now. It's Ceedee Lamb or bust. Dalton Schultz maybe. I they they're missing guys. Buccaneers are loaded. I think they take care of business and win. And cover. All right. Agreed. Man, I'm looking forward to these games, especially the one I'm not going to get to watch tonight.
2: Anyway, uh, who cares?
1: This was fun. That's ready it. to go.
2: Who's uh, quickly? Who's Carmel got this weekend?
1: Oh yeah, uh, we have a Saturday night game at Leo. Ooh. Okay. Because they play at Saint Rita, and I think Saint Rita has
2: a game Friday night,
1: so we have to play Saturday night.
2: At Rita. At that Rita. is Dan McGrath, the former Chicago yeah. Tribune editors cool. I think he's the president of that school. I
1: believe he is the president there. I saw him uh, actually at Moon's funeral a couple of months ago. We talked a little bit about um, this matchup. Should be good.
2: Old the Dons team. are in for a tough one. We'll find out how good they are. Who are they playing? Mount Carmel.
1: Oh, yeah. You told me that earlier. Come on. Come you on. didn't tell. Okay, but you didn't tell the listeners and the viewers that. You just told me. Or was that part of the podcast? That's part of
2: the podcast. Okay. Welcome so I'm an idiot. Welcome back. <laughs> Um, that's where the yes, sleep deprivation number gets one me. Mount Carmel at number 20 Notre Dame Friday night should be a pretty good game I think my Dons can hang they look good against St. Pat's 35 14 win over the rival they're up 29 to nothing in the fourth quarter things got a little bit sloppy at the end but the Dons look good look big, strong and fast good quarterback, good, good running back should be a good test against Mount Carmel another great weekend of high school football love it yeah it's great it really is
1: um all right that's gonna do it for us appreciate everybody watching listening tweeting at us lots of good stuff um we'll be back sunday post game post game episodes continue um just let people know chgo will be live right when the game ends that if you want to check out that post game show and then right when that's over is when we're going to do this one so we have you covered after this Bears 49ers game and um, I'm looking forward to it so we'll see John's either going to get the win or Robbie Gold's going to walk them off and we'll have that to talk about Sunday Robbie (laughs) all right I have to say, if the Bears are going to lose that way, that's probably how we
2: would want it to play out. Right. Yeah. Just for like. Robbie Gold, former teammate, training camp teammate, Ryan Poles. Ah,
1: there you go. Good connection. All right. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Please rate and review the podcast. Please check us out on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit that like button. Smash it, as the kids like to say. We'll be back
0: Sunday. Talk to you then.
2: Hey, what's up, Floos?